In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Jim Ford. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 397. The quarantine okay. episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst title ever. That's right. It's the worst time ever, so it matches perfectly. Fair enough. <sighs> so what are we talking about tonight? I think we have an assorted grab bag of stuff related to hobbies, toys, what we're doing during quarantine. Uh, lucky, luckily enough, for a good laugh, we get to talk about the 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 guidelines for for Florida for reopening theme parks. Oh yes. <laughs> there's just there's lo- there's lots lots of little things uh, we can that that we can talk about. It's um, funny before we started recording, I was I was I was watching a couple of videos on uh. More exciting Kathleen Kennedy news about how she ruined Star Wars and ru- ruined the ruined the Imagineers' plans of building Star Wars land all around Tatooine and the and Mos Eisley Cantina until she basically told them what No, we don't want. I don't want you to do that. <laughs> oh God! If it's true, but supposedly they they had been working like for about two years on ID once once I guess probably since the since the merger took place or the acquisition about oh we're gonna do this and we'll build it next to, to uh, Star Tours and. This and and all that, and then she said, "Oh, we want to. We, do we really want to build something on based on Tatooine, which 50, you know, fifty-something-year-old Star Wars fans see a Star Wars? Or do we want to build something that the future fans, you know, for the future? Yeah. Good luck with God. that. Strike one. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, listen. I mean, I want to go to Star Wars Land. I mean, I could care less that it's, you know, actually." Was it bat? Is it? It's not bat two. Yes, it is bat two. It is bat two. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I just, I, I, I can't keep everything straight. But what you call it? Yeah, I mean, everybody knows like Tatooine, or you know, it, it could have been any number of Star Wars worlds that anybody you know has seen or heard of that people might actually have a connection to. Right. And they could have, exp- I, I, and they could have expanded, and they, and they obviously had room to expand. So it was like, the, well, not to cut you off, I'll make this quick, but the, it's, it's logical they could have give people what we give people what you know and they know they like now, and then after the new movies come out, and if they actually show they like something, then that's the addition that you build. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, because I mean, obviously, like with the the hotel, you know, they're already working on something so that you know you're going from like a star base to a planet kind of thing you know like and there's there's numerous ways that they could do that like you could have had a land that was only accessible by a ride 
That's true. Um, you know, to make it seem like, okay, well, this is, you know, you go in through Tatooine and that's how you get to Batu, or you go in through Batu and that's how you get to Tatooine or whatever to like, you know, like going between the two, you could have made like, like it was an actual ride or a trip or something like that to keep the illusion up. That is true. There are things they could have done from an immersive perspective, but who knows? I mean, maybe down the road, maybe they'll eventually... We know there'll be some changes at some point when they have money again down the road. (laughs) Ain't happening anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... I I like listening to, like, the, the Disney podcast where they, you know, talk about all the things that, you know, Disney had planned in the past and then just completely canceled out because like and then all of a sudden the market took a tumble or you know this is the same time that 9-11 happened and nobody was flying and all of a sudden they had to contract all their plans and blah 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 and it's happened so many times to disney that like if if they never had any downturns like it's it's staggering to think of like how much bigger everything would be now this is true but this is like the biggest downturn ever. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big one. It's sizable, yes. Yeah. Although they, they, they bought land within like the past month. I don't, was it the past month? I thought it was a little further. You're right. Maybe it was the past month. It's, time, it, it's hard to keep track of time because it's kind of – on one level, time – as usual, as it speeds by, but because of the horrible mess we've been in, everything just seems to drag on <laughs> indefinitely. So you're right; it may only it may have only been like at the end of March or somewhere in March, but it seems like it was eons ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it to me from from now the point that we are at now to when you know the the quarantine started is a month, and I refuse to give it any more time than that. <laughs> <laughs> even even in July when you have like the whip the Rip Van Winkle beard to the ground, I know it's already been a month. <laughs> Quarantarge. It's like March, but you know. <laughs> uh yeah. Anyway, so yeah, just uh, looking over some of these these guidelines that they've announced. I mean, you know, I I get it. I, I get the whole, you know, reason for announcing these things, but some of them just seem like so, like, I don't know. Well, I mean, the, the most ridiculous one to me is the six feet apart online for the rides. I'm not going to say it's not good from a spacing perspective, that, that, that at least for some rides, that they can't do it but that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of work that's a man lots a lot a lot of manpower even if you're putting something down that you know is you know you can remove it relatively easily down the road that that's a that's a that's a lot of work and obviously for some rides it's easier to do it's easier to do than others i mean you look at like the haunted mansion that's pretty much unless they're going to like mark out the you know the elevator room just and have enough people I'd like put places to stand, specific places to stand, six feet apart, so you know the number of people that can that be in the room at a certain at that time. So you basically you can count people, which you could I guess theoretically you could do that if you wanted to keep them in a closed space, but still be six feet apart for a short period of time. Other than that, they'd have to circumvent the elevator room, which is a cool part of the ride. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that that 
the thing that I find interesting, and maybe, let's see, uh, yeah, we probably should just, we can go through these, um, some of these, let's see, uh, it's, it's, I got the list, I mean, let me, let me go through it pretty quickly, uh, for the, for the resort hotels, the guidelines, for, mind you, they have all these different phases, like, even for, like, park attendance, like, phase one, the parks are only supposed to be, like, open if to 50%. Uh, which may not be a big issue because people may not be, flo- you know, people may not be flo- comfortable flocking back to them immediately. So maybe <laughs> capping it at 50% may not be a big deal. And phase two, I think, is 75 as you start amping up uh, and ramping everything back to normal. But like the, the resort hotels guidelines, and fa- phase one is like housekeeping services to be limited. Uh, to allow for minimal guest and employee exposure, mobile check-in, which I will point to because first of all, last for the last umpteen years, I've been go- I've been going to Disney World. I've actually used uh, online check-in, early check-in, and I don't think the website was letting me do that. Like about a few weeks ago, the regular, not the app, but the website, because I think I don't think it was even letting you make a payment at that point if you wanted to. But I noticed on the app before I, and this is probably the reason why they did this. That last weekend, because I had got my, the card that I have on file at Disney, I wanted to update it. So that was the reason why I was looking for a place to do that, and I didn't mm-hmm. seem to find it on the website. But I played around with the app for the hell of it over the weekend, and it let you be, and it let me continue with the early check-in. So even though I don't have a flight yet, because I still don't really know if I'm going in December, there's a lot of X factors to this. But I know it would be – like I think you and I talked about it. It would be a really early morning flight. So I, so I just – so you got to pick what time you're going to check in. You think you're going to be at the hotel, so like I said, 10:30 right. and stuff like that, and put the new card on file. But now, now because of this, the fact that obviously all you know that's going to that's going to be one of the key things they're going to be trying to do to make sure people aren't going to be waiting in the lobby waiting to check in is be promoting mobile check-in. So that's probably why they started rolling that out, which probably is also a good sign that they knew that they were going to get they were starting to get closer to at least they could see some light at the end of the tunnel where they could open up. Uh, housekeeping services are only going to or only clean upon request or when guests depart. Uh, employees that if you if the, any employee that can still work from home pretty much if they're not playing a critical role I guess in day to day serving guest roles they can still work from home. Only deliver room service to the guest door. That's probably like they do one knock and run. <laughs> yeah. uh, provide self parking. That's not. I mean that's some people prefer that anyway than. Any, to park their own car anyway, but that's not a huge yeah. deal. Promote social distancing for all guests and staff, which is going to be tricky, especially like in a club level and thing at a hotel. It's going to be you're going to limit the number of people. It, there are things to, I mean, I like the recommended touch the sanitizer at entry. There's nothing wrong with that. That's something they probably can keep in, in depend, indefinitely depending where they do that. Increase cleaning services, additional sanitation services through cleaning companies, and they still encourage people through, who are over 65 to stay home for phases one and two. Uh, the, man, the mandates are interesting. All employees required to wear a face mask, hand sanitizer to be in plain vis, visible sight, temperature checks. for These are for employees. Uh, yeah. For staff prior to shift, anything above 100.4, you're screwed. <laughs> Depending on, <laughs> unless you really don't want to go to work, then you're not. All employees with flu-like symptoms advised to stay home. Front desk to sanitize themselves on a regular basis. Consistent cleaning of all guest areas. Front desk to utilize sneeze cards. <laughs> Remove all service item and guest rooms to include glassware, coffee cups, etc. Et I don't know about that one. Um, mini bars not to be stocked. Do not offer self-food services. That I could kind of see. Uh, space pool furniture 
two distancing guidelines, pool gates and pool chairs to be sanitized regularly, door handles, elevator buttons, and railings to be sanitized regularly. Remove all coffee makers from guest rooms. That's probably not going to go over big for some people. Remove all guest collateral items except for those that are single-use. Sanitize guest keys before and after each use, which for Disney won't be as big a deal because most people use the magic bands anyway these days, I yeah. think. Sanitize belt carts after each use. That makes sense. And no conferences for Phase 1 and 2. Ooh, and that, I didn't realize that. Which actually will be quite interesting. Well, that won't, that won't theoretically affect me anyway because by December they wouldn't be, barring a rollback, they wouldn't be in Phase 2. Because I'm thinking I'm st- I'm st- at the Grand Destino again at Coronado Springs, so that would actually if it still was if it still was that rule, then obviously Coronado Springs would have a lot less uh, people to begin with because right. uh, theme parks, which are more interesting, tape markings of six feet apart and ride attraction queues, staff mm-hmm. to regularly wipe down services at random. That <laughs> is basically what well, to me that just means when you have the time to do it you do it because yes, the reality yeah. is when you think of a ride like Buzz Lightyear and things like that unless you're going to have like this like like this this sanitizing version of like Rainex at a car wash where all these vehicles can go just just go and roll through them there's no way you can clean those vehicles after everybody's in them or else it's a, forget it you're gonna have you're gonna have those lines six feet apart going all the way back to Main Street USA if you're gonna be doing that. It's yeah. Just not well, I, you know, not not for nothing, but I mean, like, if you were sanitizing your hands and, you know, or washing your hands, is, which is better, um, if you're wearing a mask and, you know, then and you're not like touching your face, then whether or not like the ride has been wiped down isn't really going to make much of a difference. No, that's true. It's not the. It's not. It's definitely not the end of the world. I'm. I'm only kidding. I don't think that's a. I think it. I think it's more realistic, and I like that than the idea that oh they're gonna. But some of the things, some of the rumors we heard that they were gonna. Oh yeah, we're gonna you know sanitize you know, like every every time a cart or every time a, you know something empties out is gonna be sanitized. It's like you can't you can't do that. I mean. Yeah. No. I mean no. You you just can't do that. Uh, so phase one and two, same thing. Staff who are 65 or older are encouraged to stay home. The interest, interesting thing, uh, again, employees required to wear face masks, the hand sanitizer at each ticketing entry and turnstile, uh, touchless hand sanitizer at each ride, attraction, entry, and exit. You know, some of these things are probably going to stick around because it's a good idea. So those are two examples. That's probably good. Those will stick around. More temperature checks for staff employee employees wipe down all railings and surface regularly phase one 50 percent capacity phase two 75 percent capacity and we'll do the restaurant real quick paper disposable menus encourage takeout online orders touch the sanitizer at entry same thing about the people over 65 hand sanitizer at every table uh hand sanitizer at entry to be in plain visible sight continuing the employee's face mask the temperature uh, flu-like symptoms, stay home. Doors to be wiped regularly. All staff behind counters must wear gloves except for bartenders. Uh, bartenders to sanitize hands after making each drink order. They're going to have some dry, dry hands, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a rough one. Yeah, it is. Sanitize um, after making each drink, drink order. order. Seated tables to be six feet apart and, re- and sticking with the capacity. Restaurant and bar capacity to be at 50% when they start, 75% in phase two. Uh, which is interesting because even before they close restaurants here, 
Not that we had much of a chance before El Duce Cuomo decided to shut the whole state down like a week later, but they had, but the restaurants were already cutting down to 50% capacity, like just general restaurants, and yeah. and it's to space people out. So that makes sense if they're going to start with that. Uh, what's interesting about this, of course, some of the stuff you and I kidded about before, you know, we looked at this before I shared the list with you that the biggest thing we've been hearing for room about when it comes because this is basically all about employees. It's not about the guests yet other than and the biggest thing we've been hearing for like for like almost like a month now is the idea that, oh, they're going to start checking people's temperatures before they let them into the park, which, number one, there are so many problems with that across the board that the fact that people seem willing to just readily accept it is it's it's this whole giving away of your freedom. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we know we did it after 9-11 for a certain extent, even though 9-11, I think, in the big picture, not 9-11 was a short-lived event, but the fear this could happen again was much more realistic based on what we're dealing with now with COVID-19, which is not killing a lot of people, despite you would think the sky was falling. But per capita, the you know, fatality rate for this is very, very small, um, and the recovery rate is extremely high. But the fact that... I don't want somebody taking my temperature walk. If I want to, if I want to volunteer and have my temperature taken, you know, laser scan. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Laser rectal. I don't care. I don't want them doing it because I mean, first of all, number one, there's eight thousand reasons why you could have a temperature which have nothing to do with COVID nineteen, which is the only reason why you're doing it now is because of COVID nineteen. Yeah. Number two, you could have COVID nineteen and be asymptomatic across the board. You could have it and just not develop the symptoms yet. If you're taking public transportation to get there, you've already been you've already technically exposed whoever you're with, including being funneled into the part of the park where they're taking your temperature. You're already could potentially have infected a whole bunch of people. And it's and what are you going to do if my temperature is 100 100.5? You're you're telling me I can't I'm not going to be able to come into this park. So the thousands of dollars and, and all the time that I've spent getting here and waiting for this vacation, you're going to tell me, "Oh, we can't we can't let you in. We can't let you in." Well, I mean, you know, knowing Disney, like, even if you are not allowed in the park, they'll they'll figure a way to make it up to you in terms of, like, either money or, you know, guest experience or whatever, like, letting you back in with, like, some kind of, like, special privileges or whatever after you're, you know, well again. I, like, that, that, that part, I don't... I don't see it as that big of a deal only because like like honestly given you know given what the situation is and the fear like the fact that there's a cutoff for 104 fever like I mean I don't really point, yeah, 100.4 Yeah I don't really want to be you know around people with 100.4 you know degree fever to begin with And I mean and the other thing is like if like a hundred, a hundred degrees point four is pretty high in terms of like, you know, if like if you have a low grade fever, then you're gonna be like ninety nine, a hundred, hundred and two, you know, something like that. Like, and for one thing, like you're gonna be contagious. So like, you know, you're 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 going to Disney, and you know, you're thinking it's like, okay, well, I'm sick but I paid all this money, so I'm going to go anyway. But I mean, invariably, whether or not you have COVID or, you know, anything else, literally anything else, 
the odds that you're going to get somebody else, at least at the very least, sick is decently high. I mean, how many people go to Disney and come home, you know, and get sick like, you know, a day or two later? Right. I mean, but, it's, but, but that, to me, that's kind of the point, because even without any of this, the odds were always pretty high when you when you go to some place, especially Disney World. And because of how big a tourist attraction that is from all around the world. I mean, you get that is a much bigger, as we know, Disney World is much bigger from a tourist perspective and, and from an international tourism perspective than Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Not just because Disneyland yeah. is a rinky-dinky little thing park-wise size, but just you know, just the location of Disney World is much more appealing. Like for Europe and things like that, it's much closer. When you go to Disney World, any time. I mean, I was thinking about this yesterday that. I go back as an adult and look at the number of times I've gone to Disney World, especially if you consider the times that you haven't really gotten sick, but maybe for a day or two, you felt like you were on the cusp of getting sick. That you yeah. that you felt you felt lousy one day, but maybe you were able to shake it off and it never got worse. Like you started mm-hmm. getting like your throat bothered you, or you're starting to get that sick kind of tired, but it never became anything. If right. I go back and I look at that, probably close to 50% of the time I've gone to Florida at one point or another, I've had that I've had that happen to me. It's that fact to me. It's, it's so. There's a large. The problem to me is what happened. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're sick to start with, I understand you're not wanting to lose the money. I mean, you, have you been looking forward to it and it's the money? I understand that, but I'm looking at it more from the perspective of what if I get sick while I'm there? You know, basically, if I got sick potentially because somebody else got me sick, not because of COVID or whatever. Because, but now you're doing. I got basically sick on your property, and. Not necessarily. You could have got sick on the plane, but you know what I mean. It's like I got sick on this vacation, and now I can't even I can't even enjoy myself because you're basically you're forcing me to quarantine, and that's what it would be because you wouldn't be if, you, if they're not going to let you to the parks, they're not going to let you to the restaurants. Probably they're probably going to do the mm-hmm. same kind of crap, and that means you wouldn't be able to go to the club level either if you happen to have a club level room at a hotel. So basically, you're going to literally be quarantined. Yes, you might be able to go to the gift shops because they're probably not going to be that anal to check your temperature. But other than that, you're going to be stuck in your hotel room. And depending on how long you've been, I, I get, I get what you're saying. I understand it. But and I want the one good thing from this whole mess is it might make people who we because we all know and we've all been around people who have been sick who we damn whether we're at a restaurant, whether we're at the movies, whether we're just out shopping. It's like. This jerk should not be out. <laughs> it's like they sound horrible. They look, you right. know, it's like so. The old, one good thing that could come from this is people might be a little more, be a little bit less selfish on that level, realizing that hey, if I feel if I'm if I'm sick, depending on I'm not going to go out and I'm not going to you know put myself in a public situation where I can get other people sick. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying there's a chance. Well, so, I mean to go hand in hand with that, I think that we as a society should probably be moving in a direction where, you know, like we don't penalize the people that are actually taking themselves out of the general circulation, you know, because they are sick. You know, like, you know, if somebody is doing the right thing and not, you know, it's like, okay, well, in the middle of my vacation at Disney, all of a sudden I spike 102 fever or whatever like that, then... You know, like, well, for one thing, going into going into Disney World with 102 fever, that's just a bad idea. 
I mean, especially like, if it, especially if it's the if, if it's the summer or early fall when it's hot as hell down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like aside from the the heat and everything like that, like you're gonna go on a ride and all of a sudden start hallucinating and <laughs> totally freak out. You know, like <laughs> Ariel's Grotto is gonna take on a whole new world to you. <laughs> but um, you, you dive out of the boat and it's a small world. <laughs> Well, that actually explains a lot. For it's a small <laughs> world, but um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, like, okay, so you know, you do the right thing, and actually, okay, listen, like, I I'm not gonna go because I am sick and I don't want to infect other people. Like, there should be like a system in place where that person isn't like, okay. Well, now you're just screwed out of having fun on your vacation. You know, it's like, okay, well, the next time you come back, we're going to give you, we're going to load you up with fast passes and we're going to, you know, get you whatever reservations you want. And you're going to get some kind of like concierge level service. You know, like they can, Disney is very good at improving, you know, whatever service or situation you have. You know, like if you are stuck in quarantine, then you can bet that like any meal that you want from any restaurant is going to be free and it's going to be at your door when you want it. You know, like um, they're going to have like the movie channels you know, unlocked every single movie channel for you so that you can, you know, enjoy it and maybe give, you know, the rest of your party, if they're well, extra fast passes so that they can enjoy it if they're quarantining away from you, like stuff like that. You know, like it's it's not out of the realms of possibility if they want to, you know, enact that check. But like you said, you know, having a temperature is, I think what, like only like 30 to 30 to 50% of people that have it or less actually have the temperature like that. That's over a hundred point four. Right. So I, the thing that's funny to me is that employees that have a temperature of over a hundred point four, you know, can't, can't, you know, work. They can't go there. It's like, okay, well, I mean, for one thing, like common sense, if you have a fever, if you're an employee of Disney and you have a fever, you shouldn't be working, you know? And why is 100.4 this magic cutoff? Like, if you're 99.8, like, you still have a fever. You probably shouldn't be working making people's food at Disney World. Oh yeah, I I, I I absolutely agree with that. The thing, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I understand. I mean, it's just that they they're yeah they're using the temperature as this arbitrary thing as the like the like the one like the one thing that you're gonna stand in. and that's what and that's what just what bo- and that's just what bothers me because they're clearly doing it because of COVID. But as we know. Not everybody has all symptoms anyway, and you could be completely asymptomatic and just be a carrier. And it doesn't mean, and just because you don't have a temperature doesn't mean that oh everything's hunky dory. And just like if you do have a temperature, it doesn't mean it does not necessarily mean you're going to contaminate the whole world with whatever the hell you have. So it's I I understand it, but it's it's like because we were talking about this too, and completely unrelated, even though it might come up on what we're we're talking about like some of the things we're doing under quarantine more the idea that uh watch 
rewatching Revenge of the Sith and that, and and the line of this is how you know this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is how liberty dies with laser with 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 laser temperature scans. It's like as people are so it's it never ceases to amaze me how willing people are to go along with stuff and this is that that's what's really scary especially when we look back at this stuff the way people have been so willing to just oh we're gonna give this up we're gonna give this get the give this up and it's like okay okay yeah so. uh i mean yeah i listen the, and the same thing with the, the the six feet thing you know like we they already know that this this thing can travel much much farther than six feet you know like yeah, if somebody if somebody yes if if somebody if, if somebody turns to you in your direction and sneezes the fact that you're six feet away especially yeah. if you're if you're not covered if you don't have a face if you don't have a face mask which of course the things we really have to wait for is is the is the mandated or the recommendation for what the guests are going to have to do because that's going to well, be the interesting yeah. part that yeah and that right there like like I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the if if people are wearing masks, if everybody's wearing a mask, then the six feet thing is irrelevant, you know. I, it, like, and and the way that Disney works is like, okay, well, you're Disney World, and you can make freaking anything happen. Like, why aren't you supplying masks, you know? And and the way that Disney works is like, okay, we're gonna supply a mask. You know, to everybody that buys a ticket or whatever like that, it's going to be a simple cloth mask, you know, with a Mickey icon, you know, on the front of it or whatever like that. And it's going to come in like, you know, five basic colors. But if you want a picture of your favorite character, (laughs) you can go into the gift shop and for $15 buy, you know, you know, upgraded super, you know, mask or whatever like that. You know, so that way and then you mandate that everybody has to wear the mask while they're in the park, you know, and you can figure something out with the restaurants so that maybe you have like a plexiglass thing around each table and booth. So that way people will take off the masks when they're in the booth so they can eat. And then you sanitize that after they leave with some sort of automated system. I mean, like these are all systems that you could put in place if you really wanted to, you know, go, you know, go hard with all this stuff. But I mean, like, you know, then if you're doing mandatory masks for everybody, then the six feet thing is basically, you know, irrelevant, and you that know is, everybody could do whatever. That is, and true. then also the other thing is like if you know even then if you have a ninety nine degree fever or whatever like that ninety nine point eight or whatever and you're just below that hundred point four stupid you know irrelevant number, like at least the mask is going to you know. If everybody's wearing the mask, then it's going to cut down on your, you know, chances of infecting somebody else. That is that is true. I think the mask. I think because as you were saying it, like right before you started saying it, I was already thinking the same thing. The idea that when you like when you when you like when you check in, like when you check into your room, there'll be like a like a sealed package of masks, like for number mm-hmm. of people, for however number of people are in your party, the sealed packages for like. Like number of you know one mask for each day or whatever or what and yes you can especially especially if they're if they're like you double layered cloth or something yeah then they can definitely sell sell more of those because then you can you can always wash them and reuse them so that's so or that or if they're taking out the coffee makers they can install mask sanitizers instead <laughs> that would be a, have a little <laughs> UV chamber where you put everything in. <laughs> 
That's it. <laughs> Throw your That's stuff it. in. Uh, they they will they would they will figure out something. I know there was something I was related to Disney about uh, what they're going to do with the buffets. That I think it was something more along the idea that I get. I'm guessing that basically you wouldn't be going up and getting your own food, but you'd be I think picking out what you wanted, which would be hard. Yeah. But I guess if the, I guess if the depending on the kind of menu that they had, I mean, or I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they could do it because you because you almost have to see this if you're not familiar with the restaurant, you'd have to see the kind of stuff that they have. Uh, so yeah. I'm, but I I I I'm not. Sh- but many people are worried about the buffets because of the fact that they think that those are the the ones which make sense are going to be the hardest ones to uh, reopen as in a semblance of what they used to be because of we know buffets on their at their best is that you know the sanitary conditions are shaky with the sneeze guard and everything else yeah so, yeah so that's going to be which sucks because I like going I really like going to Boma over at uh, at Animal Kingdom Lodge so that yeah yeah. Yeah, that's that's really that that and like um, some of like the breakfast options are, you know, well the other breakfast options because and the character meet and greets they're probably they're probably all going to be gone for you know foreseeable future because you don't want everybody touching the same character who's going to be touching all these people the next group of people too so well I don't I don't know about that. Because if you've got the costume on, then the the you know the guy in the costume is basically protected. I don't know. I don't know about that one. That's yeah. I don't know. That's good. That's that. That's gonna. That's gonna be tough though. But there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of interaction though. There's a lot of when you do the character meet and greets. A lot of hand, a lot of hands and arms going on you and going around you and things like that. So all all you need yeah. is all you need is one person to touch you and then the next person touches you. You're not gonna get it if you're in the suit. But you, but you, but you could be the walking carrier throughout throughout Epcot, giving it to like 30 <laughs> pe- 40, 50, 60 people that day. If you, I mean, if that's the way we're gonna live, which hopefully you know we won't for long. But yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Well, okay. Well, that's segment one. Segment, huh? segment one is down. Let's move on to happier news. Oh, the saddest place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, did you see the link that I sent yes, you? Yes, I just I opened it. So uh, I got an email today that this thing had dropped, and you know I had seen the um, the Miles Morales from them recently, and you know it, the Miles Morales is is definitely cool. Um, referring to uh, Into the Spider Verse, these are sideshow six scale figures by Hot Toys. Uh, now, I mean Hot Toys, they have traditionally you know. I'm most impressed when it's based off of a movie character. And they've, you know, made some like not not a lot of stuff actually, but they do make some stuff occasionally that's just like uh you know, something that they just kind of whip up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like the like the super like a, you know, like a random superhero that's not based on a movie, you know, and it's just some kind of random heroic likeness. At which point, you know, it's like, okay, well you know, okay, it's cool, it looks heroic, but it's not actually based on anything. But, I mean, you know, when you have something that's based on an actor, like, you know, Ant-Man, Paul Rudd, and it looks exactly like Paul Rudd, well, that's really impressive. Well, now they're making uh, six-scale figures for Into the Spider-Verse, and like I said, first you had Miles Morales, and Miles is good, but I feel like his face is maybe a little too cartoony, 
as compared to what we have just found out about, and that would be the Spider-Gwen. And this one looks like, I mean, like dead-on accuracy to the movie character. You know, they got the um, the hair that was partially shaved on one side because Miles glued his hand to her head. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, you know, you got the the costume, you got an alternate head with uh, the mask and the hood, um, and then the you know the actual uh, her her face without the mask on that likeness. Um, yeah, the 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 facial likeness is it's insane. I'm amazed at what they've come up with on this one and then the accessory that this comes with it comes with a few accessories i think she's got like a physics textbook a cell phone and i don't know like a base and a web i want to say uh i i was looking before but obviously the the most impressive of the accessories that it comes with is a six scale spider ham figurine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that is true. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, that, I look at this and it's like, I mean, I, I still like the fact that it's like at least partially, very partially based on I mean, trying to design her like Haley Steinfeld a little bit mm-hmm. because of the fact that she did the voice. But it's also so if, if you go back to classic Gwen Stacy, it's so it's just not very Gwen Stacy like. Oh, oh no! It's definitely not like classic Gwen Stacy. Yeah, freckly. She's freckly, and I mean, I, 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 I like the haircut. I'm a sucker for shave for shaved sides. I mean, that, but she, you know, her hair is obviously browner than it's more like dirty, you know, dirty blonde than blonde. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I did like I. That was one of my favorite parts of of that movie, which I still have only watched one time. Uh, it's a cool. Fi- it is a very. It is a very. A very nice figure, though. Um, Accessory-wise, it comes with a uh, a base, uh, a ton of hands, you know, all the different hands. <laughs> I think it's like ten different hands. Yes. She's got a, a couple of uh, web lines and like a web blast type accessory. Um, you've got a a compact, like a mirror compact. Was that like was that a some kind of technological device in the movie i can't remember i can't honestly remember that either it's been a while um she's got her cell phone the physics book and the what you call it she has like four different types of eyes for the mask for the actual uh the costumed head uh in different you know states of like openness or closeness so and the spider ham is in the pose it's like it's like something like I just came out of the bathroom. That's why my hands are wet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my son likes to do that quote. <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was incredibly impressed by by this piece. It's it's two hundred fifty five dollars, which you're paying for. You're paying for that spider ham. Yes, you are. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's it's not that far off from uh, from a lot of the other figures. Yeah, I mean the the Miles Morales figure, um, which there's a link at the bottom if you want to click over to that one. The the actual Spider Man 
costume that he has from like the I think that's you know the end of the movie um, is really it's a really cool suit that they, they they came up with and he comes with like a full set of like you know full alternate outfit with the Miles Morales outfit now I mean when you consider like all that you're getting here you're basically getting two figures in one in that you have the Miles Morales and the Spider-Man costume but uh, that's only 267 so man you really get a ton of accessories but yeah, the face is definitely it's slightly more cartoony and I don't know, almost more plasticky than the the Gwen figure. I can see that. I do see that Gwen seems to, they seem to be playing Gwen up to be a little more serious. Yeah. Or did a serious more a serious interpretation of Gwen than they than they tried to do of Miles Morales. Mm. I wonder if they were supposed to look like that in the movie, like as a stylistic choice because they're from different universes. That's a possibility. That's a good. Oh, could be. Great movie. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know. Was there anything that you wanted to discuss off of the sideshow links? Um, it's kind of funny you said that because. I... I, I somehow gravitated back to that Captain America I never bought, which I'm still not going to buy, but uh, <laughs> I can't justify $274 on a, on a figure, um, as awesome as it is. <laughs> and, lo- and Lord knows, every time – I do think of it every time I watch Endgame on Disney+, Plus, I think, oh, this would be cool to have, but I'm also pretty happy with that pop figure I have, too. <laughs> <laughs> It's considerably less money. Yeah, it's considerably less money. A little, I mean, it, you can make a case less accurate too, since he's got he's got the lightning coming off of him, and the shield is broken when he really was doing most of his heavy hammer work and the lightning work when when the shield was still intact. But nonetheless, um, <laughs> let's see. Now for sideshow, I, I I don't I don't think so. I was I'm just trying to think other something else. I was I would I would been looking at. Did you see the new Green Lantern power battery thing that they have? Um, on Sideshow? No, it's not on Sideshow. It actually, it's not even it's not even on Big Bad Toy Store yet. I'm gonna get the link from you because it's. Oh, on. are you talking about the one from Merchoid? Is that yeah? Is that the the Evil's Might one? I think uh, that. Let's see. It's, I'm like, not, it's, like, I'm... it's like sixty something bucks because I know Ch- I know Chad pre I know Chad pre-ordered it. Oh, he did. He finally did. Yeah, let's see if I can. I should have just looked for yeah. Green Lantern. That would have been easier than. Uh, yes, seeking out evil oh, prop. That's it. Yes, that's it. Yep. Yes. Yeah, they. I. I they. They were serving me this ad like the day that it. Uh, <laughs> the day that it started selling. I that, that I had never even heard of Merchoid at that point, but. Yeah, I mean, for that price. Seventy six, sixty, sixty dollars, ninety nine cents, and it lights up. Um, and it's it, it it seems like a pretty decent size too. Yeah, it's about a, let's see, it's about twelve. It's twelve inches tall, and it's ten and a half inches wide. It's actually only forty four ninety nine on Entertainment Earth. No way. Yeah. Yep. Jeez. Yep. That's where that's where that's where Chad ended up. Yeah. He I think he's he saw the link. I think you did, but then but but he he looked at Entertainment Earth. So he pre-ordered it on Entertainment Earth, and we'll have to, we'll have to see if Big if Big Bad 
if big if big bad gets it whether they have a better price so but it is interesting that it can be powered by USB or by three three AA batteries yeah that's that's really cool damn it doesn't hmm. have it doesn't have that great light up fe- that great ring light up feature though but still for the price yeah yeah I mean that that was always a great feature but I mean for the amount of money that you're saving that's oh. a tremendous amount of money in savings yes absolutely and I was I was and comparing it like to the Kyle battery you know the, the, Kyle, the Kyle mini battery doesn't doesn't have the uh, doesn't have the ring light up feature either it just has a simple simple on and off switch but it also runs on uh, Button batteries, or ones on watch batteries, which is why I've I've never had to replace I've never had to replace batteries in that thing since I got since I got it so far. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I there's a slim chance I did, but I I don't think so because I, I don't use it that often. Now, do, do they say what this one's made out of? Let's see what it says. Do, do, do. I doubt on Entertainment Earth it's going to say it because Entertainment Earth. Even too, oh, hold on. Let's look at the specifications. Does it say no? Mm. A lot of the things. That oh, good. Uh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, it's made from metal forged on Oa. Oh, thanks for these. <laughs> oh, they're so clever. No, I just made that up. <laughs> that would be better, more clever than they'll probably say because they tell us nothing. Uh, it's gotta yeah. be. There's gotta be something. Um. Well, that that is. True, it it does have to be something. Yes, it, <laughs> that that definitely that definitely is uh, it's always something. Uh, yeah, even looking on the Merchoid site, I don't see any. There's no no specifications at all. So maybe plastic. It could be. I mean, for the price. I mean, considering when you think about. <clears throat> When you think about it, you go back and look at the last wave of batteries they had. They weren't metal either, so. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm trying to look as, uh, if it's. Well, on. wait, were, were any of them metal? Yeah, the original ones were, I think. Or porcelain. No, well, they, no, they were porcelain, right? They were. They were cold cast ceramic, I believe. They just looked more metallic. That was the finish. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. which if, which on some of them ended up uh, kind of cracked. Crackling up and uh, flaking off. I know that was a that was a major problem with the Abin Sir and the uh, Alan Scott batteries. Luckily, I only had the Hal Jordan. <laughs> I picked the winner of the original batteries. I have the Hal Jordan one, and then I have the Sin- the Sinestro and and the Red Lantern battery from that. I have those in their the original. When they, when they were just jail, like uh, JLA trophy room props or whatever. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I I had the original Green Lantern one, and then I picked up the Sinestro one, and like honestly, I I really I wasn't really feeling the Sinestro one. I ended up selling that one, and I don't regret that at all. Um, but I did end up finding the Alan Scott battery for. I think I found it. I, I got it really cheap. I want to say like 150. It was like on a free comic book day sale like years ago, and it had like very you know very little of the the cracking you know in the paint. But I mean for that particular battery, that 
doesn't really look that bad. You know, like it's supposed to be like a really old style lantern anyway. So that's just kind of like making it look more authentic, if anything else. I kind of I mean, there was part of the old part of the old Sinestro. Part of me liked the old Sinestro battery, even though it was much it obviously was much heavier in that gold look. You know, it was much more of that bright yellow look than. uh, Yeah. uh, And so they they kind of. They kind of went the high, the you know, the really bright yellow classic look, as opposed to like a, a, a deeper, richer, like gold, gold-like color. So, at least the newer battery, they, they kind of toned, they kind of toned it down. It was a, it was a deeper, it was a deeper yellow, and I think that kind of, in a way, looks more. It looked more like what the actual Sinestro core colors tended to tended to be, but I guess it de- also depends who color colored them. We know some sometimes, you know, the, the uniforms were pretty bright yellow too. So. It's just too bad they never they never finished those, and they never did the indigo. Yeah. One way or the other, they should have done the indigo just to complete the set, and just that's so ridiculous that they never did that. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean, even if they just made an indigo regular one, you know. Right. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, you know, they you know they had the two choices. You could have made the in, you could have made the indigo battery, which would be like all the others, which would be technically inaccurate, but it would match. Or they yeah. could have done the staff, which would have been accurate, but it wouldn't have matched. So, but, but they should have done something instead of just. I understand why they kicked the can down the road. To, and they said we're going to do this one last. I totally get yeah. that, but to not do it was ridiculous. It's like they should have finished yeah. the line. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, I, well, I don't know because I, I I I get what you're saying because obviously, like you know, you you're putting in that much money. It's like, you know, come on, let me <laughs> let, let, let me get some completion on this set here, please. I mean, they did white and black. You did all the colors and white and black and not indigo. Just kind of, it, it's very ridiculous. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, since it is just a staff, that's literally the easiest one to make yourself. Well, that's true. That 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 is true. And... Mm-hmm. It was one, and it would have been the hardest one. Not because it was hard; it would be hard necessarily to design it, but it would be the most different one for them to, to, to work on because clearly all they did with this other, all the other cores was just use the same battery, just change the color. <laughs> yeah. It's not like they even put the symbol on the actual. I mean, they did. I think they still put the symbol on the on the top, but they didn't like. But they didn't put the symbol like on the which I which was good that they they wiped that out. They didn't put the fa- the symbol on the face of the battery like they did with like the original Green, the Hal Jordan one where they actually where the ring slot was. They actually like they they put they made a ring slot and they put the like the the, lo- the logo or something. That I I just think that they should have they should have just finished it just and I mean technically speaking the Black Lantern except for when it showed up in what was that brightest day. That they had the black solo lantern when like with Deathstorm or somebody had a black lantern. Other than that, there was no individual black power battery. In, you know, power battery either. It was only the central power battery. So yeah. they could they could have they could have done something. But it's one of those things that it did make me looking at the battery props. It did it did kind of make me it kind of make make me lament that yeah. What could have been. Mm. But. In any case, yeah, forty-five dollars is a really awesome price for that. Yes. I wonder if they'll do more. Hopefully, 
I mean, I would con- mm-hmm. I would consider getting getting a, a diff, you know, depending on if they keep continuing it, that I would. But I'm, I'm not going to be buying the whole set. I'm not going to get burned again. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the only reason I have that Sapphire battery retroactively was because I think, oh, if I don't get this when they complete the set, that's going to be the only one I don't have because I yeah. let it go by. So I got, I, mind you, I got it as a gift. I didn't buy it myself. But still, <laughs> the point was, I, I, I aimed for. I said, oh, give me that because the fact that I didn't want to be left holding the bag since that was the only one I didn't get on my own. I, I chose not to order because I don't care about the Star Sapphires. But for but for a completed set, you would like to have them all. It would look cool if you wanted to display them all together. Yeah. But no! I mean, it would have been cool if they, you know, the, the violet one would have been cool if they actually made it, like, elongated or crystal-like. Right, or... if it was different. If you know any way accurate at all, right? Just like the Sinestro battery, at least one of the yeah. like Sinestro's original battery or whatever, it was kind of like a different shape. Yeah, it would it would be nice if they had some individual, or like the like we talked about with the with the Laura Fleas one, if, if 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 like it had it had his name like scratched in the bottom of the battery, since he, <laughs> since he made that joke. That see, it's my it's yeah. mine because like you know he's look look my name's on the bo- my name's underneath or whatever that that would have been like a, a yeah. cool. Little, a cool little touch, and they did obviously some customizing because the Red Lantern battery is different. It's round on top. It's yeah. round on top, and it's got the symbol, you know, cut into the top of the battery. Uh, so that 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 one was, but for the most part, the actual shapes, the shapes and, and the handles are exa- were exactly the same, except pretty much except for the, the Red Lantern battery. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that because the red one, they already had made a red battery. They knew that there was more interest there to support, you know, making it slightly different than all the rest. But uh, that's true. You know, as you get as you get further down the color wheel, <laughs> you get farther and farther away from uh, from selling larger numbers. So, um, interestingly, also on this Entertainment Earth for for Lantern stuff. I see they have uh, something that I picked up recently, and that was the – oh, actually, no, I didn't pick this up recently. Um, the DC Retro Superpowers Series 3 Green Lantern 8-inch action figure. Do you remember this? Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find it on your list of things. I, I mean, I'm let's back see. at Entertainment Earth. I have to backtrack. Oh, the Super – did you say – you didn't say the Super – yeah, the Superpowers. Is that what you said, the Retro? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think I do. I think I do remember seeing it. Yes. Yeah. No. I, I guess uh, I. I technically had a, a different version of this one. I'm just realizing this is the. This is the DC Retro, and what I had was the World's Greatest Heroes, Heroes, or something like that. Um. Basically, it's it's Mego style Green Lanterns. They never made a Mego Green Lantern back in the day, but they. Uh, they put out like a couple of Green Lantern ones and different DC ones. I think it was Mattel who did it, and it might have been through mail order. Like, I want to say 15 years ago, if that sounds familiar at all. And they they, they did like Hal Jordan with like Shazam and like two other characters. Uh, maybe. Uh, I don't remember. But then they did another wave of just Green Lanterns, and you had Kyle, 
John Stewart, Guy Gardner, and Sinestro. And, you know, like, they're all, like, in that same, um, the sizes, same size as Meg- Megos. Um, or, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Migos. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I'm just, I'm just rolling with it. But. I know, yeah. I'm like, wait a second. I, I'm saying this wrong again. Um, but yeah, they, you know, same body size and style and everything and same type of clothing. Uh, but, uh, you know, just made, you know, much, much later for different characters. So recently I, you know, I don't even know why. I, I think it was maybe because my wife got a sewing machine, but I thought to myself, it's like, ooh, sewing machine. Now I can make custom Mego figures. And I have no idea why I thought that because it's not like I was like, oh, man, you know what I can really go for? A custom Mego figure. It was literally because it's like, well, I guess since we have the sewing machine now, makes sense to do that. But um, I'm like, OK, well, you know, let's see what, you know, some people have come up with. And so I started, you know, doing searches and whatnot and, you know, going down that that kind of rabbit hole. I found like there's a website and this might actually be like the world's greatest, you know, uh, action figures or some, something to that effect. And they sell all of these parts that you can use to customize, you know, characters. So, you know, like slowly I've been accumulating parts here and there. I have like, you know, the bodies and the heads and all the parts. And I just have to sew the costume together to make a Jessica Cruz Mego figure. And... Like, you know, once I did that, then like, you know, like I I just happened to be going through my closet and I realized that like 15 years ago when they came out, I had gotten the Hal Jordan. And it's like, you know, like that's a pretty interesting coincidence like that. I completely forgot that I had this thing. But now that I have like the Jessica Cruz, okay, well, now I'm going to have a Hal Jordan to go with it. The figure styles like the world's greatest compared to the Mattel, you know, retro figures that they did. The Mattel figures are like the, the legs are like so freaking wobbly, like. <laughs> and I mean, like the head sculpts are great, and the clothing is all great. The boots, all that stuff is phenomenal, but like the actual bodies for any sort of articulation, like I mean, it might as well be a rag doll. Like these things will only stand up if you are like balancing them in such a precarious way that. You know, like, it's like, okay, well, this part of his body wants to kind of, like, fall forward, but the rest of his body wants to lean backwards. So it's not a good pose, but he does stand. But, um, yeah, so so that that's, that's what I've been, you know, collecting lately. Mego Green Lanterns. And then they have, like, you know, they have all these different parts. Like, I, you know, one of the things that I was doing, you know, during quarantine just as like a almost like a just a mental exercise was going through and looking at all the parts and saying ooh who could i build you know who else could i build and you know you see it's like oh well they have the they have this gray jumpsuit and they've got you know like the white full body spandex and they've got green gloves and they've got green capes ooh i could make a hal jordan specter mego figure you know, and things like that, and it's, you know, it'd be pretty easy to make an Alan Scott figure, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's one thing I've been up to lately. Surviving quarantine as best you can. 
I've been I've been finishing up the Clone Wars like we t- you and I talked we t- actually we talked about on the the uh, State of the Green Lantern episode. Yes. Only two more episodes to go, and and now it seems even though I could be jinxed again, at least the fact that if you're gonna have a crap, if you're gonna have a so-so final season, at least end it strong, because <laughs> that's all. <laughs> People are going to remember at this point. This is like it's the yeah. it's literally the opposite of Game of Thrones. It's like this is this arc is so good so far, and regardless of the fact that like many people, I, I think the first eight episodes were essentially a waste of time. But the last, but the but if they if the last two episodes are as good as the first of the two, yeah, the first of these final four episodes have been. The first two of them. If the final tour is good, then yeah, that's all people are going to remember, and that's going out on such a such a high note. And the way they they are seamlessly so far inter you know just navigating that road between Revenge of the Sith and tying that in with everything that's going on on, on Mandalore. So yes, uh, def- yeah. definitely. Uh, I've been, I've really been, in, I've really been enjoying that, and it's, it's kind, it, it's kind of the one thing that, not, not that she hasn't tried. Going back to, uh, to Kathleen Kennedy for a moment, that the one thing Kathleen Kennedy did not do is like in one fell swoop was completely destroy that brand. It took her at least a couple of years to do a serious <laughs> damage to it. And mind, and, and mind you. It's it's a complete backhanded compliment because there also was like you know like about forty years of goodwill built up before she's before it's things started going into the toilet, but my God, when when we go back to what Benioff and Weiss did to Game of Thrones in the course of an episode and a half, they they almost literally took something that was the most popular TV show on the planet and a pop cultural phenomenon and they made it irrelevant in the course of a, an episode and a half. Where like almost everybody just completely lost interest in in that show, and it's and it's scary because there's so much. It's not. It's it's very little hyperbole. It's really true that it's like this was this was the this was so big, and like just because of what they did in the final episode and a half, it's like everybody thought, my God, what a waste of time. We've wasted yeah. like like ten years of our almost eight seasons, like ten years of our of our lives in the show, pretty much. And it's like this is what you give us. Really, this is what we've been waiting for. Things that don't make sense and crap on these characters, and <laughs> so I, I think of that. I think this is one of the reasons why I'm going down this road is because I thought, uh, and they actually been playing some of this because they've Lord knows they have nothing else to play. But like on ESPN, <laughs> on ESPN they actually were playing some some Super Bowl highlight films, uh, which they used to do all the time before there was NFL Network. And, and one of my favorite, and I don't remember which Super Bowl highlight film it was from, but it was back when they had the great John Facenda doing the voice of NFL films. And like paraphrasing, it was basically, it was basically any, anyone who said one bad game could not ruin a great season never lost a Super Bowl. And I think <laughs> of that related to Game of Thrones. It's like whoever said, whoever said one bad season or two bad episodes can't ruin a great show never watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> but yeah, so it because it's like it was like about a year ago at this time when that was you know we were just we were all get we were into it and it's like look where we are now, man. But at least, but at least uh, it's kind of funny because 
the way everything's slated to end, that Clone Wars will end on May fourth. You know, on Star Wars. Really? Day. Oh wow. Yeah, because it'll be next. It'll it'll be uh actually no that's that's not really accurate. It it'll be it'll come out the week the week of, but it won't be because because May first is this week. May first is this week. So the so it'll come out the week of the week of. You son of a bitch! You lied to me. Well, I'm trying to check the date. May May fourth is. That's a yeah, Monday. Yeah, May fourth is a Monday. So unless they're going to release it early, it, that won't be true. But it's coming out. It's coming out the same week that they're getting uh, Rise of Skywalker. But you probably can. It's probably sad but true. But more people are probably going to be interested in, in the last episode of the Clone Wars <laughs> right now. Yeah. Uh, but it's. Yeah, I don't know. So I've I've I have been I've been watching a lot of, a lot of stuff. I've been I've been enjoying Pluto TV on my Fire Stick tremendously. Uh, as we speak in the other room for the second time in in the in the last 24 hours, they've been doing the Friday the 13th marathon. That's one of the things I love about Pluto TV when they when they have a bunch of movies that are all like in the same series, is that they if you if you start if you flip it on and it says oh Friday the 13th part two is on, it's like you know what's coming next, because <laughs> they rarely will play these movies in a vacuum. But once you know they have them all, it's like because they did this with Saw. They had this with and I thought of you when they did it. That when I first got when I first got my Fire Stick and got it hooked up and I and I and I down and I installed the Pluto TV app, which is great. Flaws in it, but all in all, it's it's really cool that for up until the beginning of April, they actually had Saw three through uh, final chapter. Okay. So pretty much at least at least once a week, you you would you, you could, they were on demand on their on their verse, on their platform, so you could watch it anytime you wanted. But you could take it to the bank at some point that you were going to catch it where they were going to at least play it. And once you if, they, if you if once you saw they were playing Saw three, it's like even though they only let you see like an hour <laughs> ahead of time on the on, on their their TV schedules, like you know what's coming next. And right. <laughs> And right now, what right now what they're doing is, yeah, they they got the this month they added in like all not all all the Paramount Friday the Thirteenth, so it's one through eight. So that's oh, what wow. they've been. That's what they. That's what they. They did it yesterday. They did it yesterday. They, so that's why I was surprised when I came home and I was I put the, and I flipped it back to that channel, channel sixty eight, I think is the horror channel, and they have terror too, but sixty eight is is horror. I was surprised because they lit because it ended overnight. It in, I think I fell asleep. I think I, f- I fell asleep with it on. It was like they were in. It was I, I'm on part seven or something. And then it turned mm-hmm. on tonight, and I was like, oh, that's fu- they were in final chapter. So as, as we speak, I, I, they're probably like in they're probably like in seven again. But I'm gonna go back in the other room. But I've been doing a lot. Been doing a lot of lot of streaming. A lot of catching up on. Like you mentioned, Taxi, right? Taxi. Yes. Been, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've been working our way through uh, through that series. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that like I've seen a couple of episodes here and there, but never, you know, never more than just like a handful. And I, I've I've always loved everything that I've you know seen from that show. So it's like, okay, well, why not? Why not watch that? You know, it's like there's there's so much content from like. From when TV started to now, and you completely forget about all that, you know, like there's there's plenty of shows that I probably won't, you know, ever consider going back and watching because they're just, you know, completely of their time, you know, and or you know have not aged well. Like 
<laughs> I remember I, I was it was like probably, you know, it's got to be over a decade now. I tried watching like Thundercats <laughs> and my God. Oh, my God. Like, I I don't know that anybody can watch that show now because nobody I, like you'd have to have like an attention span that just seldom exists in today's day and age anymore just to sit through those episodes. It's but, hard, uh, it's hard for things to last, you know, but a lot of, a lot. That's why, you know, that's why it bugs me when people just anoint these shows as, Oh my God, this is the best show ever. Oh, this, when, when some, because in all, in all honesty, there's a certain component of that, that you need time. Yes. You have you need things you need things to settle. One of the things that used to always drive me up the wall is when back you know back when we when I was a kid when we used to get like t- TV Guide all the time is that inevitably TV Guide would always have those episodes with like oh the best best characters of all time best uh best uh episodes of all time best show and you could take it to the bank that almost that at least like close to fifty percent. Of what was the content of what they were telling you was the best of all time were all things that have occurred like within the last five years, and it's like there's no perspective. I mean, I mean, I remember when people were and forget about you know ha 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 about not really ha 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 but the the shaking your head ha 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 of what happened to him you know but when the, when the Cosby Show came out, that show wasn't even on like for two years and the TV Guide was literally talking about this show comparing it to like the Honeymooners. Like or like I love Lucy. And it's like, wait a minute. You're talking about shows that have survived for like 30, 40 years already in syndication since they were on the air, and they just keep surviving. And well, talk- to be fair, <laughs> yeah, the Cosby Show probably would have also been like that. Uh, see, I I disagree because this Cosby Show never really was big that big when it when it went off the air. It never was really big in syndication. It never was big the way – it never was big the way – you know, it's, it's hard to compare. It's really hard to compare because what's one of the things we've lost now with every channel on our TV being part of a network and with all these other – syndicated syndication the way it used to be doesn't exist anymore. But a lot of shows became super successful in syndication when they were so, so successful – when they first were when they were first run, like The Odd Couple became super popular in syndication. It was not really yeah. a big hit when it was on ABC. It became big in in the in like from the mid seventies going forward because of, of syndication. And yeah, but, but I mean, but by the same token, like you know, the Cosby Show, the Cosby Show was like still decently popular. Like on like Nick at Night and stuff like that right, for a long time to come, and you know obviously now it's it's not you know it's not anywhere because of what happened, but but by the same token, like the Honeymooners, like the Honeymooners, like was on for a long time, and now it's like okay, well the only place you're really gonna watch, and I mean I don't I say that now I'm saying like for like the past like at least 20 years, the only time you were seeing the Honeymooners was on, like, channel, a... Channel 11 for us in our area. Yeah. Right? It was, like, Channel 11, and it was, like, for, like, a New Year's Eve marathon. That's you know? True, but that, yes, that's true, but that's also... But like I said, that... Like I was referring to, I should say, that was part of 
of the of the change, how everything's part of a network and there's no quote unquote in when I say independent programming, I mean not because you created it yourself, but because you have a say in what's going to be on. And that's the way it used to be probably when you were growing up and when I was growing up, Channel 11, Channel 5, Channel 9, WOR. There was yeah. a huge percentage of those of that programming that was unique to that channel, just like there used to be movies all the time. Overnight, they used to have – I mean, there used to be – I mean, I remember I remember like, like this was yesterday on Channel 9 – WOR Saturday nights, they would have they would have WWF wrestling on from 12 to 1, and then they would have horror movies on from like 1 o'clock all the way to, all the way to 5 o'clock, and they would do that every Saturday night and overnight and during weeknights like on Channel 11 they used to be like they used to have like the I think like the Odd Couple used to be on at 11 and then they had the Honeymooners on at 11:30 and sometimes they switched them up, and then sometimes. Like they had the Three Stooges. Sometimes they had you know, multiple episodes of the Twilight Zone. They had different things all mixed in. And you're right. The, the Honeymooners they bring back now for New Year's Eve. But the Honeymooners for a long time was being played. It's like Gilligan's Island. It's hard to find Gilligan's Island on a regular channel now unless it's like some Nick at Night or some or some or one of the variations on that. But Gilligan's Island used to be on forever. You know that's why yeah, that show yeah. was that's why that that show was so popular. I mean, it was popular. It was popular when it was on to begin with, but but, well, that, but that's a change in the that's the change in the landscape. But and you're and you're right, mate. And, and if you're but like you said, like if you're you know, the, if you're looking at the landscape that's changing and that channels keep on popping up and there's new distribution models and all this other stuff, like. The Honeymooners, which had a much, like, there were a lot fewer shows like The Honeymooners that they could show like that. So they were up against less competition. You know, they were more established because they were there, you know, basically the beginning of, you know, all that shit. The syndication and everything. And, you know, like, stuff like that, like, kind of had a head start. So now... When, you know, you go to like the 80s, if you've got a show from the 80s that is still, you know, you know, in any way, shape or form, like, you know, um, fondly remembered now, like it's it's doing as well as the Honeymooners, if not better, based on the competition that they are up against, in my opinion, you know, like something like Cheers, like Cheers you know, people still watch Cheers. Like, Cheers, you know, I mean, it's not as big now because, again, even more competition. But, I mean, like, you know, um, you know, uh, well, like, Friends. Like, friend, everybody watches Friends. Everybody watches The Office. Like, those shows. And Seinfeld has held up more than I ever thought it was going to. I would have I th- Yeah, I, I think that one's kind of petering out a bit. But, I think it yeah. is, but I never – but I – I mean, I never really watched Seinfeld all that much when it was on, but because it was such a, it was such a show that was a, tied to its time, its period of time. Yes. I yeah. really didn't think that that show was ever going to hold up, in you know, in syndication and, and moved on, and moving on going once they left the air. I never really thought it was going to that it would be as it would be remembered all that well. Um, I, but it seemed. And you're right. It may, it may, it may have peaked, 
but I think it's it did better than I thought. Just like a show like a Two and a Half Men has seemed to do quite well in syndication for a show that I that you that you would think that show probably wouldn't have held up, even though it's not as uniquely tied to to a time frame like you know the 90s. Seinfeld just seemed to represent the 90s. Uh, but I, I mean I, I get I get I get what you're saying, but the point but my point about the honeymooners was I mean about the Cosby show was it was it had barely been on the air yet and you're comparing it to shows that have stood the test of time. Like if you're comparing something to I Love Lucy, you have to be that's a that's a pretty high bar you have to clear. I mean I Love Lucy has been around since what the nineteen fifties and that revolutionized the way you make a sitcom. Yeah. And, and the fact it's still friggin' fun that's the thing too. If it's that if the hu- part of the reason why people like the honeymooners is because it's 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 still funny. But I Love Lucy is just you know that's a whole different I I Love Lucy was such a well created show. It's such a funny show. But the honeymooners I I give props to the honeymooners because as we know the original the, the honeymooners that most people remember was like they there weren't that many episodes. It was like one season. There weren't even that many episodes. That's why when they had those lost episodes, remember all those skits they found from like the that they the tapes they found from like the old Jackie Gleason show or whatever. That's why they became a big deal because the fact that people liked the Honeymooners, but there really wasn't many. There weren't many episodes. The material was small. <laughs> I mean, even Gilligan's Island was on for like like four or five years because you saw the black yeah. and white episode, the black and white season or whatever, and the Odd Couple was five seasons. So, because I, there, there always was that criteria. I think for syndication, you always had to have like at least a hundred episodes. Yes. So, yeah. uh, that's why some shows basically just you know you just had they they did what you could to make sure you got to a hundred episodes because that way you could make the money selling it to. But that's one of those things you I I I look at. But yeah, I think uh, it's I I but like you mentioned, you've watched you've been watching Taxi. Taxi's a. a a really good show. I used to watch Taxi, and, and like I told you, I've been watching on Pluto. They have an. Uh, it really is the one day at a time channel, but they do mix in All in the Family, which <laughs> uh, I don't quite know why. I mean, obviously, because certainly one day at a time has had enough seasons that they could they could just keep it. Because Lord knows they have other channels on on Pluto TV. They have an Adams Family channel. The Adams Family was not on that long, so you would th- so if, you, if they were wor- if they were worried about being repetitious, that you could you def- but I don't think they have all of all of one day at a time because I don't remember I don't remember seeing like I certainly have never caught it when they were doing the last few seasons of it uh, but I just like all in the family I don't know if they have all of all all of all in the family before it transitioned into Archie Bunker's place either because I just seem to it seems like it's a perpetual loop I catch it in <laughs> but it's but it's but it's always it's it's cool going back and being able to watch watch some of that uh, brings back a lot brings back a lot of memories especially like you know all in the family obviously a show that could never exist today the way the way that show was back in the day yeah you'd be hard pressed you'd be hard pressed even on cable to have that show be able to I mean and I, on pay cable to be able to have on like HBO or something to have that show be able to survive all the moaning and bitching and protesting and hurt feelings and I'm offended. Well, I mean, but I mean that was the point of the show. Oh, though, of course it like, was the point of the show, but but you know, but a lot of people aren't bright enough or or, or give her you know what enough to realize that. Yeah, that was the point of the show. It was, it, and, and but uh, but. 
don't forget, some people, not just because of what, let's say, what Archie would say, some people would be offended because he was the main character and, you, and they were trying to balance out his moronic statements with the fact that deep down you knew – deep down you knew he, would, he wasn't a horrible person. But he was extremely narrow-minded and bigoted, and a product of kind of like how he grew up and the and the age that he grew up. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? I just remembered they do have a Family Guy for today. It's called an all in the family. Oh, uh, Family Guy. Yeah, completely screwed that up. But yeah, basically, Family Guy is all in the family for the modern day. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, the, the, he, he says, like, the most, like, you know, offensive stuff all the time. That That's, you know. Yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right. There's there, there are there are certain there are certain elements of that that you're right. That 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 is true. And I think I, maybe maybe because it's animated, you get away with I think with, you might get away with more crap if you were. If you may be. I don't know. It's it is weird. It's, it's just we just live in a society where. You say anything that one person gets offended by, somehow you're not supposed to have the right to say it, which is the whole point of freedom of speech. <laughs> is that you, you know, one person, one person can be offended because you're wearing a yellow shirt today. Does that mean you shouldn't have a right to wear a yellow shirt? <laughs> so, but, but nonetheless, but quarantine is fun. I had my first quarantine haircut today. Really? Yes. <laughs> I should take a picture. I don't actually think it's. Com- I, I don't actually think it turned out that bad. Was a buzzer? Yeah. Uh, my mom helped me out with the back because that's the tricky part because I can't <laughs> see what I'm doing. I mean, <laughs> she got the ball rolling. I fixed this. I did the sides and the top pretty well. But and I, I and we used I was, the clipper was set on, on the same setting, so I'm, it feels like the back's okay. But I have to look at it in the mirror. But I know the top. I know the. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to take it all the way down because I'm still holding out hope. By the end of friggin' May, I'm actually can get a legitimate haircut. <laughs> and if I buzz it down too short, then I'll be waiting. Then, I, then the good news is I won't need a haircut, but I won't even be able to get one if I want to go back and shape my hair any because there'll be too little that'll grow back in a month. <laughs> so it was a middle, it was a middle ground. But yeah, I, got, I I was able to squeeze a haircut in the the week the weekend when everything was was shutting down because my original haircut was on May 27th, but I moved it up to the 20th. Uh, March 27th. I moved it up to March 20th when we found out that was the weekend Cuomo was shutting everything down on Sunday night. Yeah. So, so I was able to get get it buzzed down on that, and here we are. Oh, over a, getting closer a month and a half later, and it's like yeah, it's like I, by conventional standards my hair wasn't long, but by my standards it was starting to be really annoying. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember. I, I want to say that like maybe like a a week or two into February was my last haircut. How often and do you usually go? I usually go like you know every every couple of months. So oh, okay. let's say so it was like February, March, April. Like now is the time where it'd be like okay, well I could I could really use a haircut now. And I would be, you know, making sure that I got over there, like this week. This this literally would have been like the push pushing the limit of when I would get be getting my haircut. So, yeah. So if they want to end this quarantine anytime, I be be real nice for my hair. I know. I th- at, at this, I know a lot of people were just hoping. Oh, May May fifteenth. It's like I don't think we're gonna be in that. 
Yeah. Even me up here, I mean, I have a better chance of it, of of of, thing, of the the reins being loosened a little bit up here before in the city and Long Island and everything else. But I don't. A lot of the buzz on the street is that's not you know it's we're not that's we're not going to be even even we're not going to be in phase one of reopening stuff and it's like oh my god it's like you got to be kidding me so well yeah I mean I like well uh, well we're we're both in New York for anybody that's yes. listening uh, and yeah I mean they're talking about like okay once May fifteenth rolls around like then they're gonna do like okay some people like the construction industry which i mean to my knowledge never really stopped but the construction industry is going to go back to work and a couple other you know industries are going to go back to work and then they're going to give it two weeks and see how that goes you know so i don't know if they're starting that may 1st or may 15th but you know then you're talking about either may 15th or june 1st that the next wave is going to be doing anything you know and then and it's just like everything is so slow. Everything they just—it's crawling out. Everything is just crawling. Like I, I just going crazy. No, just going it's, crazy, it's, stuck in the house. Yeah, it's getting—it's getting old. It's getting. Yeah. It's 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 getting real old. We did, you know, we did we did this. We flattened the curve, which. You know, we did on purpose just to make sure the healthcare system didn't crumble. It was never to stop this thing. It was just to slow yeah. the spread of it. I mean, it's a virus. It's going to work its way through the way it's meant to work its way through. It'd be interesting to see. Like, you had your, you had both your antibody and your, and your just straight up COVID test today. Yes. I'm, I'm supposed to have my physical in June, so if that appointment doesn't get canceled, that when I go for blood work at the end of. I'll say this month because by the time this episode gets released, it will be May. Uh, I've, I've, I did I did email today asked to, to ask to see if the antibody test could be added on to the, my blood work order, which is already in. But I would be curious to see how many of us are deep – if we could really know how many of us have really already been exposed to this, probably more than we think. Probably a lot of people have had it and just have been asymptomatic. Uh, or, yeah. But it's 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 time. I mean, if you still want to wear masks and go and and still be cautious, that's that that's fine. But I mean, it's en- enough's enough. The idea that oh, to some people like we can't go back until there's like a a, a virus it's a vaccine for the virus, or until there's a we know there's a drug that all it's like it's like like it's like life, man. I mean, nobody yeah. nobody wants any. I mean, we have to being not to be make light of not that I think I ever make light of it, but the reality is. Nobody wants anybody to die from this, but or but die from any any disease, from from the flu, from cancer, from anything. But it's but you can't avoid it no matter what you do. You can't avoid getting people dying in car accidents as safe as you make as much safer as 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 safe as cars are today compared to even like 10, 15 years ago. The reality is you try to you try to, you try to do what do what you can. But again, for my personal take, is the whole Mr. Spock thing: the needs of the many versus the needs of the few. <laughs> and what we're doing now is not really in the best interest of the needs of the many because the overwhelming majority of people in this country, even if they got COVID-19, were not going to get seriously sick or die. It's a very small percentage of people that are, that would get that would be even. So that's it's it's hard to really rationalize and justify it for that for that reason, especially now that it's got dragged on. You know? Well, I think from my experience, I think. It really depends on 
your personal situation as far as whether you know where you stand on this you know like if you're if you're holed up in some like you know nice place and you have just endless free time to play video games and you know you're still getting paid sick leave or something like that then yeah you're gonna be like yeah let it ride baby let it ride you know you have literally no motivation to to want this whole thing to end but i mean you know like you know aside from like the the people that are like at the food you know the food pantries and things like that where the lines are like miles long for people to you know just get food so that they could keep surviving because they have no money you know like the situation due to this shutdown is so dire and I think a lot of people that are like, yeah, you know, we, we want this quarantine to keep on lasting until there's a, a vaccine. Like they don't realize, you know, the repercussions like and everybody that says like, oh, well, you know, we we're not going to trade lives for the stock market. Like if you it, you know, when you distill it down to just the stock market, like that's you know, that's an oversight of people's lives, you know? Yeah, people don't want to die. You know, we don't want people to die needlessly. But, I mean, that's kind of what we're setting them up for now if this quarantine lasts for, you know, months and months on end and they have no means of making money. And every once in a while, the government just, you know, shoots out a $1,000 check. You know, like, that's... A drop in the bucket for these people who still have to pay rent you know they may have a break from it temporarily if they pass laws or things like that but eventually that rent's going to come due and that thousand dollars is like okay well do i put it towards rent or do i eat because i can't make any money because there's no jobs open yeah i i think a lot now we we also know a lot of how you're going to look at this depends on your your where you fall on the political spe- spectrum too because some people they think the government should – this is their dream, that the government could – that you pretty much have no freedom and the government pays for – you know, you live entirely in the government. You're completely dependent on everything from the government. But the re, but the reality also is it's like when people just say, oh, yeah, it's a stock uh, – who cares about the stock more? It's like you do realize how uh, – most people most people who say that are probably so so young <laughs> that they don't understand that so – it's not – it's not just rich people who care if the stock market does well. So many people have their have their money related to pensions and IR, and IRAs and all these different things related tied in, tied into the market. So if, so if that tanks, then people's people's forget about their present. Their future is at risk, depending on how old they are when this goes when this goes belly up. You have all these small business owners that are that are being forced to close, and they can't live indefinitely. You can't you can't yeah. keep your thing closed and keep your business closed indefinitely, and so it's it's just you, people have people have to be. This is also the way I look at it. The re, if look, look, forget about you know the, the um, forget about the relatively small mortality rate of this and the recovery rate. Let's just look at the fact that we, that all along you knew there was like about a four to six percent of the population that would be at high risk. For this, which is the same four to six for the most part, that'd be at high risk for any kind of serious respiratory illness. Mm-hmm. But if we were told every single day we left the house, 
we had a 94% chance we were going to make it home absolutely the way we left. But there was a 6% chance something bad during the course was going to happen to us. And bad could be inconvenience, inconvenience bad, frustrating bad, all the way up to dead. <laughs> right? <laughs> the majority of people would say, would look at that and say, you know, those are pretty damn good odds still that I'm going to make it home okay. And even if something bad happens to me, the odds of it being on the far, the absolute far end of that bad scale are still really low. I'm going to go about my business and not worry about it. But there would be some people that say, oh, that's 6% chance. I'm not going to risk it. And a lot of people would say, well, I wouldn't live that way. But if you wanted, if, if you are afraid but that 6% that is too high and you want to stay at home, that's fine. But if those people who were afraid to leave the house said, you can't leave the house because I'm afraid, <laughs> then there'd be a problem. <laughs> Then people wouldn't be so willing to just say, yeah, I, because you're afraid, it means I can't leave. And I get it. I understand, but I think that the, I think not to preach my based on I think this was handled poorly, which is not a shot at one at, at any party or one gov or you know the president versus the governor or anything. The reality is the people that were at high risk, those are the ones that should have been quote unquote quarantined or kept at home. The people dealing with those people were the ones that should have had to take more precautions and be more careful. And they, mm -hmm. they wanted to suggest that, we start, that the rest of us wear masks and stuff like that. Okay, but the rest of us should have been able to continue on with our lives. Because yeah, well, I mean, they, they were actively telling us that masks wouldn't do anything in the beginning. You know, don't, don't waste your time with masks. <laughs> like, well, because cloth, because we know cloth masks, unless they're like double layers, really aren't aren't really much good. They're better than nothing, but supposedly they're not much better than nothing. Not much better than nothing at all. But I, that's true. But you're right. There's this this contradictory information, and it's the fact that the projected you know death toll on this has been much has always been lower than they said it was going to be. Now whether that's entire, whether that's because we've been we did flatten the curve to a certain extent and that hasn't has had an impact or they or the or the models they were using were wrong. But even so, when you think about it is that they were never this was never going this was never projected percentage-wise to be a big killer because it was never even projected to take to to wipe out 1% of the population. That means it's not that deadly. It's not Ebola. If you were talking, if this was an Ebola outbreak across the country, then you probably would be talking. Literally, you'd be talking about half the population of the country would be at risk of dying. That's serious. That's serious. If you're talking about something that's going to take out a fraction of one percent of your population, at worst case scenario, as bad as that is in a vacuum, that's not a big killer. Not enough to well, to justify shutting everything down. I, I I do tend to think that we're probably we probably did decrease the amount of deaths significantly because of the shutdown. So I mean, I think that the the death you know toll percentage wise would definitely be over one percent if we hadn't. You know, I think it would be it might be closer to two. I mean, if the health system crumbled. did break, yeah, if it did crumble, but. You know, if the, if the health system crumbled, we could be up at 5%. Well, I don't – It's a possibility. Anything's possible. I just go back to the numbers they were telling us. Again, this is why their numbers have been wrong. They were telling us if we did nothing, that 2 to 2.5 two to 2 million people would die. That's less than 1%. And that's if we did nothing. 
So, I mean, we live in a country of over 300 million people, so that's less than 1% of the population. Now, nobody would want that. Nobody's saying that's a good thing. But the point is, if we're being told that we did absolutely nothing, it wouldn't even take out 1% of your population. It's still kind of hard to think that doing what we did for as long as we did. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't understand the flattening the curve rationale makes sense because – or else you get Italy where everybody gets yeah. sick at once and nobody can – and there's no room at the end. So if you get sick now, guess what? The odds are you're probably going to die. If, you, if, you, if you're that sick where you need to be hospitalized, you're probably going to die because they don't have room for you. And even if they did, they're stretched to the max. So you're going to get like a fraction of the, of the care you normally would. Yes, I understand they were trying they were trying to trying to do that, trying to avoid that. But but still, the reality is there still there still were ways to do what they did without shutting not for this long. Not for not for this long. But either way, it's hopefully there is light at the end of the tunnel for at least certain parts. Obviously some parts of the country are just getting their uh like I think like the Midwest are getting their uptick and they're hitting their peak now. It looks like in our area we've kind of peaked. Um, yes. So, but <laughs> it's life, man. What passes for life in 2020? <laughs> Listen, I just, I just want that. I want the vaccine. I, you know, just, just let us have the vaccine. Like, what the hell? Like, you know, we've got, we've got a president who's so lax on regulations and whatnot, but yet. Vaccines still have to go through the rigorous trials. Well, they that, are speeding uh, it along, but 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 you can't. But all kidding aside, we know you can't you can't clear you can't kick too many hurdles out of the way because you don't want a vaccine that you don't. Because of all things, you don't want a vaccine. You don't want to start having to mass vaccinizing people for a for a, a virus that at the moment is is like killing like you know like point oh five percent or something. Of, of, the, of the people who get it, and all of a sudden you give them the vaccine, and the vaccine kills like three percent of the people who get it. You do not want that. that whoops! Whoops! Yeah, whoops. That that would be your ultimate example of where the cure is worse than the disease, right? Literally. Uh, so that that's why. Yeah, I I understand why there. You have you have to be cautious because it's the it's the side it's the side effects. And because they've instilled so much fear in people that people would be lining up left and right to get the vaccine. And if, if it turns out that, hey, we didn't test it enough, it could be a lot of problems that there's side effects, especially if they don't know what the side effects are. So. Yeah, but those high-risk people can uh, can deal with that. Well, they wouldn't be – I don't know if the, I don't know, man. <laughs> I know. I'm just – I know. I'm I know. You, I know. I know you're – I know you're – I know you're kidding, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's – I think people. I, I just find it funny, like the people that normally would be like anti-vaxxers are like praying for vaccines. That's kind of there's certain there's certain more than a little irony in that. It's like vax, you can't force. You're not gonna vaccinate my kid. Oh, please develop this vaccine. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like I don't know. The, the world's just the world's a mess. Um, uh, and on that note. And on that note, <laughs> yes. This has been a real cheerful episode, even though we've had moments of. But it it sums up the quarantine, so maybe it's very apropos. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I'm glad that we could get everybody's mind off the quarantine. And thanks for, to Jim and I for – thank us both for giving the least listened to episode of the season of the whole oh, year man. so far. Let's uh, hope. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, there, were, there were some – 
there were some upbeat moments, but yeah, it was. It may not have been as upbeat as we wanted, but we probably should have planned this episode out more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can't all be winners. No, they can't all be winners, but hey, uh, but you people are you people are locked in, so you'll. Be, I'm sure you'll be happy just to have quote unquote content. <laughs> no, we're kidding. Uh, uh, like a con job on this one. Yes. Uh, let's, uh, so, uh, yes, the, the usual suspects, lanterncast at gmail.com, uh, lanterncast.com, 708lanterns, the voicemail, Facebook, Twitter, use hashtag, hashtag GLCast uh, to find us on those, and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, wherever you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. You got anything to push, Jim? Nothing yet. All right. Uh, Will Jim and I should be back for a pre-birth sometime, and we we sadly ha- not sadly for Jim, sadly for me because I'm the one who stamped the date on that. <laughs> I really did want to get this done by the end of the by the end of the first quarter, and we obviously failed. Um, we didn't get it done by March. So no, but we, but we did. But we did do a toy. Besides this episode, we actually did do a toy episode. So we did we did do some recording. So I guess we'll get. Second quarter, by the end of the second quarter, hopefully be not like knocking on the door of like the end of June. <laughs> but we'll we'll we have plans. We'll 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 get it done. But I just wanted to wanted to apologize for for that delay. And we originally thought about making this a toy episode, which probably I don't know would have been better. <laughs> it might it might have been. We could always just change. We could go back and re-record the opening. No, we'll never know. <laughs> oh man. But the but the reality is. Uh, it is what it is. So Some, sometimes you just want to talk about what's on your mind. That is true, and that that is, and I think that that was the uh, the zeitgeist of the times. That's kind of I think what drove this episode to the forefront all along was the idea that yes, just what we're thinking about, just the stuff we're dealing with on a day in and day out basis, and we're all, and I mean all of us, not just like Jim and I, in different ways, we're all kind of kind of working through the same stuff. So. Maybe we at least took your mind off your own individual issues, at least one, at least for part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and focus on our problem. That's right. Focus on our problem. And, and, we, yeah. didn't, and we didn't even mention toilet paper. <laughs> even though I know it's less of an issue for you probably. But, I mean, to be honest, knock on wood, I'm not I'm – not, I'm not up shit's creek for toilet paper at the moment either. <laughs> but we know it is – we we know it's, a, it, it's an issue, but – but at least on the bright side, we did not talk about shortages until now. Oh, so, God, yeah. That, okay. That, that'll, be for the, that'll be for the second quarantine episode in the fall when it comes back. <laughs> we're kidding. God, we're kidding. Uh, and on that note, <laughs> good night, everybody. Uh, okay, good night, everybody. <laughs>